citizens and welcome to unknown i'm jason mcclellan i'm here with my friend and colleague shane hurd and we're grateful to you for hanging out with us today shane it's good to have you back on the show buddy how have you been awesome and it's great to be here and i just heard that you completed one more revolution around our sun that's what, uh, that's, that's the rumors for sure. <laughs> well, happy birthday. <laughs> well, thank you, friend. I appreciate that. Now I, I, I'm, I'm too young to be depressed by my birthdays. Um, yet I know that's coming. Um, I'm creeping dangerously close to, to four zero. So, oh. so I, I don't know how I'll feel when that rolls around, but you know, I don't mind getting older. I think older is better. Yeah. And for me, 40 wasn't bad. 50 was the one that was a little hard to take, but eh, you know, well, now like you're just you making things up, up because I know you're only a couple of years older than I am. So, Oh no. <laughs> uh, nice of you to say, but uh... <laughs> well, we, we can roll with that. That can be our secret. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so glad to have you here today. We're going to talk some UFOs, of course, because this is a UFO podcast and you know, I love talking UFOs with you, but We've reached the end of 2018, and it sure has been an interesting year for the UFO community. Um, There's been endless excitement, frustration, discussion, and speculation regarding recent and present-day government UFO studies. And Shane, you're someone who investigates UFOs, not for the government, but for MUFON, the largest civilian UFO investigation organization in the world. And when I say investigates UFOs, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, conducting actual in the field investigations. And that's so cool. Now, I think more people have a general understanding of what's involved in ghost hunting, because that's been portrayed on countless TV shows. But Walk us through what it, what it's like to you know conduct UFO investigations. What's a real life UFO investigation look like? Absolutely, love to tell you about it. Um, you know, it's interesting. We when I when I first got into you know UFOs and kind of moved from consuming to wanting to participate, I did look for something that was you know, structured and, and kind of had a sense of purpose and direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, MUFON really kind of fit that bill for me. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that I, I chose a lane that was good for me, but also that I could contribute. And so um, investigating UFOs, I mean, that just sounds cool. Yeah, and, right. And it really is cool. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm really loving it, enjoying it a lot. But I'll say, you know, uh, the statistics that we hear, how, you know, a certain percentage, um, you know, is explainable by the more mundane or prosaic things. Mm-hmm. And then there's a smaller percentage that are, are true unknowns. And um, those are the ones that we, you know, really get a kick out of and really focus on. But um, I'll say for, for MUFON, you know, I get uh, in the Phoenix chapter here, maybe two to four cases a month. Um, and... A lot of them do 
fall in the category of like lights in the sky, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and then a percentage of them, you know, get a little more complex. Some of them even get pretty weird. And so um, from that standpoint, it's just fascinating. These are, you know, real people, real things happening to them that they're, you know, willing to go on the record and share. And so I really kind of hold that as quite a responsibility to, to do them a good service and, and, you know, handling their case well. And also the fact that, you know, these become part of UFO history and it's recorded in, in the MUFON database, you know, and there's a, I, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred thousand cases. And I just think that's so cool that, you know, we actually can become a part of history, um, you know, based on our experiences. So when it comes to a MUFON case and how you go about investigating it, you know, there's certainly some, um, you know, steps and procedures and processes that you go through uh, on each and every case. But then other cases require that you kind of diverge down one path or another because each case has, you know, different kinds of evidence. You might have, you know, just eyewitness testimony or you may have that and a photograph or video or you may have multiple witness um, testimony. Uh, and then you might even in some cases, these there are fewer of these cases, but where you have like trace evidence mm. and that kind of thing. So you've got to be flexible in how you deal with those different types um, of information. But most certainly you go through a, a process and the process is largely like a process of elimination. You you know, you gather all of the facts that you've got from the report. We try to interview every person that makes a report. And then um, you go through the process of eliminating the more obvious things. And those are things like planes and balloons and, you know, um, spacecraft or or weather phenomena or, you know, astronomical stuff, all mm -hmm. of those things. And so, um you know, you do a lot of the investigation from your desk at, uh, on your computer and mm -hmm. you there's various websites that you you um, check for certain data. And then, you know, you go through that process and then, you know, hopefully you get down to the fact that, you know, there's really no other explanation and this thing gets recorded as unknown. And those are pretty fascinating. So that about the 45 cases I've had, I have about four or five that uh, ultimately came up as unknown, which, you know, is about the 10% range, which I think is fairly accurate. Right. And even if there was just one, that's incredibly exciting. Absolutely. We've even dealt with some abduction cases and some that are even a little bit weirder than that, which, mm -hmm. you know, for me is kind of, you know, it's new and, uh, you know, um, you know, it's not the thing that I pursued, let's say, um, you know, abduction cases as much as just nuts and bolts signings, but it has forced me to, you know, grow myself and to, you know, expand my mind. And then, you know, I found just some of, some of is just so interesting and the people as well. So, you know, it's really, you're just exposed to so much more. Um, and, you know, I really appreciate being a part of it. And I imagine that's one of the more challenging aspects is, you know, something like the abduction phenomenon, something that, you know, might not necessarily be your focus area or, or something that you spend much time in this larger UFO field um, focusing on. So when you have to deal with something like that, I imagine it's, it's one of your more challenging uh, issues to sort of 
deal with those with, with the the people making the the claims, the allegations, and just keeping that open mind and and truly mm-hmm. listening to what they have to say. Yeah, and thankfully, MUFON is you know has done a great job given. Uh, we, the investigators, information to work with and help us. So we have an investigation manual and it has, you know, chapters on that range from, you know, handling materials to, mm. you know, abduction uh, cases and, you know, sort of the uh, questions you would ask people and, you know, just things like that. So I didn't feel, you know, left in the lurch with it. Definitely had good support and backup, but uh, it it did force me to think outside of my box. And I'm really grateful that I've done it because it, it has helped me grow. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, from talking to you, I think you have a, a really, you know, commendable and sought after mindset approaching these topics because, I can't stress enough how important it is, and it, it seems like a no-brainer, but how important it is for an investigator looking into the unknown to myst- mysteries like UFOs and related topics to be objective, to keep an open mind and not bring in your already established viewpoints. Because we all, you know, when it comes to UFOs, we all have our different personal beliefs, our own different views on various topics. And I think for being a someone who is investigating this, you, you have to put all that aside and just let the evidence speak for itself. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I really feel a, a great responsibility to do it in as an unbiased way as possible. Right. And so everybody has biases, right? Because, yeah. you know, it, it's just the way we for are. For humans, but, yeah. Yeah, for humans, definitely. But you can set that aside. And so... Like, you know, I think of myself in some areas I might be too skeptical or maybe in some areas being too believing or Mm. whatever. Well, both of those are a bias, even though they're on the opposite sides of the scale. So, you know, I I try and just mentally go in with a complete neutral, clean slate and just look at the evidence as it is presented and, you know, kind of go through the checklist of things. And, you know, I don't formulate an opinion until the very end. And and I've learned if if you do that, what can happen is you can miss important information or details that maybe you dismiss because they didn't fit your bias. And yet they were relative. And so, again, you could be doing someone quite a disservice by doing that. So I, it is a challenge, but to me, it's just the primary mindset to have is just be completely unbiased and as neutral as possible. That's a great mindset. I love it. So let me ask you this. For people who are interested in becoming UFO investigators um, for MUFON, how, what is the process like for that? How do people become MUFON investigators? Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. First of all, join MUFON. I, you know, they have different packages. It's fairly inexpensive, you know, $35 a year um, to maybe $75. i am not quite sure up on the on the different levels. But and it just um, as as a member, you're entitled to, you know, a newsletter and some other things that kind of help you, um, you know, get with the program kind of a thing. And then um, once you've done that, you can um, – Express your desire to be an investigator. Uh, headquarters will, you can send them a message and they'll send you the information. But basically, uh, you, you purchase a manual, which is a hundred bucks, and that manual is something you'll carry with you the rest of your life, basically. And then um, you study that manual and then you'll take a test, an exam online. Uh, it's open book, it's a couple hours. 
Um, and then once you complete and successfully pass that, you also have to pass a background check and you have to coordinate with your state, your local state chapter. And this really is the person, the director, the state director is the person who will kind of manage you and get you up and going. So again, you, you have support and it's coordinated effort. And then once you've done that and you get your identification and you passed your background check and everything is set that way then what the local chapter will do is pair you with a mentor, another experienced investigator, and then they'll send you out on cases, um, you know, maybe, you know, six, eight months, or, you know, it just depends on your, you know, the, the volume and your development and all those things. But uh, you will co-investigate with an experienced person until they feel like you're up, uh, up and running on your own, and then they'll start assigning you cases on your own. So in my case, I've been doing it about two years, um, you know, in about three or four months, maybe, you know, four to six cases. And then they went ahead and turned me loose. And, and then even though you're turned loose, like I say, and assigned cases, you're never alone. Mm -hmm. Um, every case that once you complete your case and submit it, um, it's reviewed by your chief state chief investigator. In our case, it's uh, Dennis Fryermuth and, uh, he's just excellent. And, you know, he'll, uh, he'll coach you. Uh, you know, help you, correct you. You can ask any question at any time. Um, very supportive, and and as well as as uh, Jim Mann and St and Stacy Wright, our um, director and assistant director, um, and then just other uh, investigators that you get familiar with, and you kind of bounce things off each other. And you know, it's just really it's it's a it's a great environment. It's intellectually stimulating, and there's even a social element to it that. Sure. Uh, you know, you have a good camaraderie and all of that within our within our chapter. So, you know, I, I highly recommend it. If you're interested, just do it. That's what I did. That uh, collaborative spirit um, and the sort of mentorship and the shadowing ability um, sounds really cool and really useful to be able to gain that experience from other people who have been doing it. Uh, MUFON also does a boot camp, don't they, to, to provide training for investigators? Yeah, this year we had it here in Phoenix. Uh, it was a three-day event. Uh, each day had a half day of classroom. And then the second half of the day was in the field investigation techniques, like, you know, processing a site, mm. kind of a forensic way. Um, and then we had, like, a sky view watch out in the Superstition Mountains nice. um, those nights after. And, and, again, that was just an awesome experience because, you you know, you get to collaborate with people from all over the country and the world, actually. We had people from all over. Um, uh, Chase Klotsky came in, and she uh, conducted that, that field training, which was just so in, so valuable. I mean, to, to have that experience just once even is just you know, a real goldmine for someone like me where you, you can apply these techniques and just make yourself a better investigator. So uh, that was a terrific experience, and it was so successful that I think the National MUFON is considering um, putting those on either in various locations and and on an annual basis. So we'll see how that turns out. But nice. we had a great time. That's awesome. All right. So you've sort of walked us through, uh, you know, an, an overview of what it's like to investigate UFOs or, or how MUFON does it. So, yeah. you know, like I mentioned, we've, we've been hearing a lot about government UFO studies. So opinion mm. time. I'm going to ask you your okay. personal opinion. How do you think government UFO studies differ from something like MUFON UFO investigations. 
Yeah. So I think the first thing I would have to say is that, you know, we're, we're definitely structured um, in a way to move, you know, a report from, you know, just a raw report to um, a disposition. So let's say, for example, um, you know, we get a case and it's a sighting of a craft. Um, you know, so let's say it's a daylight sighting of a craft and um, the person got a photograph of it and they submit that report. So then we go through the process of, you know, date, time, location, you know, what were the weather conditions? And I mean, you know, very detailed. What was the temperature? What, what was the wind direction, the speed? What's, what was the barometer? I mean, you know, you just go through all of these factors. And then uh, other factors like um, when you do know the date, time, and location, you can um, use software that tells you where the planets are and the stars are and everything at that exact moment. You can even recreate it digitally and make a little video of it. You know, you make good use of Google Earth, for example. Um, and so then you kind of nail down that data and then um, you have a conversation, certainly an interview with the person, and you try and get as much detail as possible. While the report is fairly detailed, certainly having a conversation teases out a lot, a lot more stuff. So um, that's a really important part of the process. And then, you know, I'll do things like I call the local military base, the police departments, you know, the um, the news channels. Uh, look at, you know, local news, national news, look for other reports, check New Fork, API, these other reporting organizations to see if anyone else made a report. And if they did, then you could contact that person and that witness, and then you can corroborate, you know, and build strength of the case and that sort of thing. So it's a fairly involved process. It takes maybe, I mean, for the more simple one, it might take two to four, six hours of research. Uh, for a more complex one, it could take you, you know, 20 hours or, or more of research. And that's that's even just kind of desk time. And then if you have a case that justifies, you know, a visit, then you go out and you, you, you do that and you conduct the visit. And so, you know, there's a pretty good investment in time and effort and some money, but uh, it's it's manageable. Now, from a government perspective, you know, I'm sure it's going to be – you know, they, they will have more of an agenda. And I don't mean that to sound negative. They, they, they have a purpose. And, you know, obviously when they investigate, they in, investigate from the perspective is, can we identify this to make sure it's not a, a threat mm -hmm. or, you know, if not a physical threat, is it a political threat? Is it, you know, the threat of panic or any of those sorts of things? Mm -hmm. and that's their perspective where MUFON's perspective is just gather the data analyze that data, come to a disposition. And when I say disposition, I mean either unknown or is it, you know, an IFO? Is it, uh, you know, was it a drone? Was it, you know, planet Venus, blah, 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 all those kinds of things. So, um, so really MUFON's role is to collect the data, analyze that data, come up with a disposition, record that and make that available to others who want to research the topic. Whereas a government program really is from the perspective, they might go through the same steps. I'm sure that they would investigatively speaking, but their, their agenda is different. They're not looking to make it public and share it with others. Uh, they're looking to, you know, assure that they're fulfilling their role as that government agency namely to protect, you know, the public. Right. Well, it'll certainly be interesting to see what more we learn about 
any existing government UFO studies. Government UFO studies are sure to continue be, to be a topic of discussion in 2019. We're quite aware of the government's historical UFO studies. And on that topic, Shane, you and I both attended a special screening of the first episode of History's upcoming dramatic series, Project Blue Book. So I have to ask, what were your impressions after seeing that? Oh, that was, first of all, that was just plain, plain fun. It was great. <laughs> it was a packed theater. Yeah. And, and they, um, they had a QA and a uh, after. Uh, they also had this little machine there where you could get in front of a green screen and they, they took your picture and superimposed it with, a, you know, like getting sucked up in a UFO. So it was, yeah. it was pretty cute. It was fun. But, oh, the the, uh, the program itself, I think, is just terrific. They, they really um, hit the nail on the head with, you know, UFO lore and the factual uh, representation of, you know, bro- Project Blue Book and some of those cases. Now, I know this is, you know, this is a drama and it's fictional, but it is based on, you know, actual events. So you have to go into it with that mindset. This mm-hmm. is a, this is entertainment, right? Not, not a documentary, but, you know, the fact that there is entertainment based on the UFO theme to me is awesome. I mean, look how we're getting mainstream now. Uh, what was a fringe and, you know, you kind of had to hide it. Now, now it's, you know, it's on the history channel and it's on all those channels and, and, um, they've done a great job with it. It's kind of a period piece. Um, you can tell they spent the money on production. It's super high quality. I mean, I am really stoked for it. I am too. And I, and I tell people it, it really appeals to the same crowd as like the X-Files, you know, if you like the yeah. show like the X-Files, you'll like this. It's the same thing. It's it's like a period piece X-Files. Um, yeah. But it, it is so well shot and produced. The acting is great. Um, mm-hmm. I just had so much fun with it. And just being a, a, a UFO nerd, like, it is so much fun to see them taking something real like Project Blue Book, having a lot of based on real elements in that story, having characters based on real people involved in the UFO studies. Um, it's just endlessly fun for me. So I thought for the first episode was awesome and it left me wanting to see all of it. So I'm s- super excited for that. Um, it premieres on History Channel on January 8th. So it's right around the corner. Yeah, it's going to be great. And when you think about it, you know, as you mentioned, the production is fantastic. The writing was good. And just think if you're a writer on this show, you have 12,600 and some odd cases, you know, to to pull from to, you know, create an episode. So uh, this thing could run for years, really, based on that alone. And then Paul Hynek, you know, Jalen Hynek's son, um, that's an endless source of information, too. So (sighs) having that element added to the show that features the main main character based on Jalen Hynek. It's incredible. So I think they've got a lot of the right uh, pieces of the puzzle there together. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think I think season one for sure is going to be amazing. Um, and I am guessing it's going to be successful enough for season two. We'll see what they do after that. But because you right. can't you can't make more Project Blue Book. But <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> it has, a, has a finite uh, length of time. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do. 
Well, yeah. as, as 2018 comes to a close, we're excited for 2019. We have several things in the work for next year. And speaking about unknown specifically, our 2019 season will feature some brand new open and close music. So look forward to that. Cool. Let's wrap up this episode. I invite you to come join us in the Rogue Planet Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Rogue Planet. That's where we can share stories, get feedback and engage in a real conversation. We always love hearing from you guys, and we really want to hear from you to know what topics that interest you and the questions you might have. You can find more episodes of Unknown on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, YouTube, you know, all the podcast places. Of course, you can always find this show at RoguePlanet.tv. RoguePlanet.tv is your home for all the strange. It's also where you can get your own Unknown t-shirt from the Rogue Planet store. Just go to store.RoguePlanet.tv. Thanks again for hanging out with us today. I'm Jason McClellan, and Shane Hurd and I have something to ask. Do us a favor, friends. Have a very happy new year. And most importantly, stay strange. Stay strange.